and welcome to episode <laughs> and welcome to episode 53 of Reboot Already Underway. I am one of your hosts, Jacob Lacey, joined again today as always by Aaron Hahn. Hello. And David Becker. I'm a... Aaron, were you saying something? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, I'm a, I've been a bit sick this past week, so <laughs> apologies for any like coughs or sniffles this week from me. You know, we might just have to forgive you, Aaron. I, I think we can my, find my it in ourselves. My name is David, and I'm here, though, so don't worry. I said David. Worry, yeah, man. hey. What's up, David? How's but it no, going? I gave Aaron... I let Aaron talk. Yeah, you gave, him the, you gave him the big <laughs> thumbs up. Guys, we have a great show for you this week. Uh, this week, we're going to be uh, gonna be dissecting uh, why Fantastic Four, the 2015 version, is such a great movie. Because as if we haven't beaten this horse dead enough, we're going to do it some more. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, it's almost like the summer movie season has officially started. We got the two first, like, summer movies of the year, so that's exciting. But first, guys, a little, a little question's been rattling around in this empty brain of mine. And, uh, <laughs> empty skull, I guess the brain's not empty. But, uh, I was thinking. Well, the skull's hopefully not empty either. Not completely empty. You know, it, there's some space. There's a space for it to rattle is what I'm trying to say. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking to myself, film. We all enjoy it. We talk about it every week. But has film become too stagnant? Has, like, the way, it's hard to phrase this. Aaron was like, what do you even mean by this question? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I mean by it. But, uh, so I had to think, and I'm like, when is the last time you saw a movie that was like, wow, movies are, movies are different now. Things have changed for film. Where's home, Dr. Stone? Lake Zurich, Illinois. Is there somebody down there looking up, thinking about you? I had a daughter. When they come, and they will. They'll come for you. I have an army. We have a Hulk. Oh, I thought the beasts had won it all. You're missing the point. I had a dream about this place. Oh, boy. You see what I mean? <laughs> okay. So you had a dream about this place. Tell me. And, like, do you think that should be more often? Do you think maybe we're not innovating in the ways we should be? I don't know. It's... I'm a bit in the middle on this. I, I don't have a side one way or the other, so I'm hoping to maybe play a little bit of devil's advocate to if you guys are on opposite sides and see where we go here. So what do you guys think? Well, number one, let's just start. When's the last time you saw a movie that you were like, wow, film has changed? Or well, I mean... You want to elaborate there? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Arrival. Um, I don't know. I think there's the whole storytelling aspect of it. Like, I feel like it. Movies have attempted, um, like the idea of like telling a story in the way Arrival did before. But I in my personal opinion, I don't think they've ever perfected it or hit it quite the way Arrival did. Um, does anyone want to? To play devil's advocate on that, 
Arrival is a very well-worn story, just told in a different way. I don't know that it's really completely so, different from a lot of movies that we've seen in re- recent years, like Interstellar or, um, gosh, what's the other movie that just came out that's like space? Well, <laughs> that's okay, like so space, saying, I know. <laughs> are you saying that all space movies are stagnant? Are you like, well, no. No, because actually, Are you just going to group them all together? The film that came to my mind when Lacey raised this question, because I also asked him to clarify, do you mean like innovative in terms of technology or innovative in terms of storytelling? And what one that gravity? I was to in terms of technology would be gravity. That blew me away when I saw it in theaters in uh, 3D. Because that, that was a film when I was like, this is unlike anything I've experienced before. And this is like so immersive and expansive that, you know, this is I mean, possibly the next stage for movies. I mean, you could also argue like Avatar or... Right, I was gonna, uh, we're never, we never argue Avatar here. We never talk about Avatar. Mr. Devil's Advocate, shut up. Avatar in theater, it was, you know, it was pretty amazing. The depth that the 3D added, you know, it was like this could possibly be the next advancement in movies. And of course, more expensive ticket prices and a bunch of like cheap cash in post production 3D work kind of killed that craze. But at the time, you yeah. know, that was, yeah. it could still come back. But what about Hardcore Henry? Because that's innovative. That's no, it's cheap. Not, no. <laughs> Hardcore Henry isn't. I wouldn't say that's innovative. I'd say that's. It's the first first person movie in how many years? Because we like Aaron, you. I remember you mentioning that there was first person movies done before. But correct? being but being the first person to do it in years doesn't mean you're innovating. It means you're seeing what was done before, and, and you know. Or or did they change it anyway? I mean, you kind of just threw a topic out there, and you're just kind of like, yeah, I don't know what I mean, but you guys can talk about it. You got you got to say some stuff. I'm just th- I'm throwing out some ideas, Jake. I know, and I'm I'm listening, but I'm saying hardcore Henry isn't it's extremely derivative in its storytelling it's literally just a video game there was a story in hardcore henry yeah it was a deeply they they, they wrote a script for that thing it was a deeply misogynistic and horrible story but they paid someone to write dialogue (laughs) yeah for that movie Mm -hmm. yeah this is is, they did they actually did yeah it's surprising and charlto copley they're like you want to be in this movie and he was like yeah i guess i'll be in this movie yeah you get to play, like, seven different characters. Yeah, yeah, sure, man, I don't care. I'm Charlotte Copley. You ask if I'm going to be in this movie? No, no, screw you. Give me the script. I'm being in this movie. That's how that went. That's exactly how that went. No, I think the last movie where I was like, this is how film has changed. And this is just because, maybe it's because it's the movie that got me into film in the first place, but The Avengers, when I was like, this is taking worlds from tons of different movies and combining them into just one where I'm like this is the first thing that I've seen and I don't think I've seen anything since it storytelling wise that's innovated since then and even Avengers is kind of like well it's not entirely innovation because it's based off of a comic book but I think the way they went about it was what changed it for me those kinds of storytelling mechanics that were utilized in comic books and television for so many years and then transferring it Mm-hmm. two films so in a way that's definitely an innovation you know look at how many cinematic universes both successful and 
disastrous have pro- uh, you know popped up over the years recently. King Arthur, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, looking at it again, I don't have like a horse in this race. I don't know how where I fall on it because maybe we don't need innovation all the time. I think it's okay to tell a story that. Look at Black Coat's Daughter, a movie that I absolutely love. It's my number one movie of the year, but it's very, it calls back very much to 70s horror films. It calls back to even, even Psycho, uh, which uh, Oz Perkins' dad was in. So it's like this, it's okay, I think, to look at older movies. And, and derivative has like a negative connotation, so I don't mean derivative necessarily but it's okay to expand on ideas but i don't know i'm just trying to think i i I just thought i'm like what is the most recent movie that did that and it was the avengers which was five years ago now and the fact that i haven't seen anything that's changed it like that for me since i don't know i don't know what do you think aaron i mean Obviously, I'm still a little confused about what exactly <laughs> the question you're asking. Because, like, like I said, in terms of technolo- technology, uh, Gravity was the last mind-blowing film for me. That was four years ago at this point. Yes. What about all the, yes. new, what about but, all the new CGI in, like, Fast 7? But, that like, did yeah, I, I for, saw for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in uh, 3D, and the 3D was pretty... Uh, great for that as well like i think that when it's well done it really adds something to movies and i i really enjoy the craze so but and then in terms of storytelling i was trying to think of a good you know one that really like changed the way i thought movies could be told from a storytelling perspective but i didn't come up with one right away so i life guess of, maybe life that's... of pie maybe life of pie but you guys haven't seen it and life of pie is based on a book so it's kind of hard to Right. It just comes back to the the same idea where, like, there's not a whole lot of creativity in Hollywood. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Um, But, yeah, I mean, yes. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I just think people are, you know, not looking for it in the right places. Okay, yeah. I mean, like, in the higher-ups of the company. I don't mean, of course, directors are extremely creative and stuff. The blockbuster... At, you know, the vision of Hollywood right. productions right, has yeah. been very playing it safe for quite a few years now. You're right. I I, uh, I misspoke. I, not misspoke, but I, I didn't mean it that way. Yes, there is a lot of creativity in Hollywood still. But looking at it, I mean, yeah. Okay, so I'm on you with I'm on you. I'm I'm with you on the technology standpoint. I when I think of technology, that I'm like, this is crazy next level. I think of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, um, which is, like, hyper-realism in CGI, which... What do you mean? That's all just, real. So, yeah, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Gravity, of course. Because, yeah, now that thinking back on Gravity, Gravity... Everyone loves that movie, and I loved it, too, but it's not one I ever think of. Like, it's almost forgettable to me, in a way. Almost because Ooh. I've had that. <laughs> oh, Aaron. Ooh. Don't boo me, man. <laughs> no, but like I had something in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the it was the it was the boo bug. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. 
Lord. But it's like, I saw this movie, I saw it once, and I haven't watched it since because I'm like, nothing will ever live up to how I saw it in IMAX. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe I mean more from a storytelling standpoint then because, yeah, film in technology, I think we've gotten a lot better, especially when you look at Dawn Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I'm assuming war will be just as good, hopefully. Maybe even better. Maybe we'll get some, like... Be like, that's a monkey. That's a real monkey right there. I don't know, man. <laughs> I want a Franco to come back. Yeah, I think Franco's dead in that universe, man. I I don't know. No. That, that kind of just made me think, though. Uh, de-aging in terms of CGI, though. What about that as an innovation? That's, like, what, you I look what... that's what I try to say. That's what you're like... trying to say now, or... No, no, I said that like five minutes ago, and you kind of were just like, oh, yeah, all right. Oh, I completely missed Yeah, I didn't hear that either. That. It's all good. Dave, Dave is a, a real person with this podcast. <laughs> Not a big deal. Um, well, then take it away, David. If you yeah. Know. Well, well, I, I kind of said two things. I kind of said, like, this, in the Star Wars universe, how they um, brought back uh, Peter Cushing for Rogue yeah. One. Yeah, they did that. And then I also kind of touched, well... I started to touch on Fast and Furious 7. Oh, that's what right? you were going with with Fast and Furious 7. I was like, no, the cars kind of look bad when they're doing like the no, stunts. But, I get what you're saying uh, now. Paul Walker passing. Paul Walker that's... looks really bad too, though. <laughs> like, I, I mean... It's the lifeless eyes. It's like, uh... Uncanny Valley. But still, like the fact that we can even do that. Right, it's it's in the early stages. You know, when you think about where this technology is going to be 10 years yeah. from now, and it's like, do we even need actors anymore? Oh, God, no. yes. Please. Voice actors? Please. Oh, God. Please what? Please get rid of actors? No, please? please keep actors. I'm I'm setting my ways on that one. We don't we don't need fake actors on, on the screen. All right, so let's go into the storytelling side of it then. Because I agree with you guys. I think that technology is, is, you know, all we have to do is talk to that guy who wrote that review for uh, Gods of Egypt, you know? One of the most highly well-shot movies in the world, so. I forget what camera he said he uses, or else I would pull that out right now. <laughs> it was red something? Yeah, I, don't I don't remember know. exactly. Did we, did we fact check that? Like, what? Did we fact check that? Like, if that was the cameras they use, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Because maybe he's just pulling this out of nowhere. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this is the camera, man. Here you go. Um. All right, so then storytelling. Oh wait, 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 wait. Oh, got okay. it. Oh my god. My... Oh my god, you just have it. Okay. The, the red dragon camera and Panavision 70 prime lens. Ooh, that's some high technology right there. 6K red co raw negative media. Savage. That's uh, a, yeah, because I brought it back up for Fault in Your Stars. Oh, that's right. <laughs> this is some, uh, that's some hardcore camera right there. <clears throat> but moving on to the story side of it, the storytelling. What, what's the last movie you guys saw that you're like, this changes how stories are told? David said Arrival. Um, oh, yeah. You guys kicked me in the face. No, I was playing devil's advocate. I'm like, well, Arrival Mm -hmm. is told a lot like Inception. Inception and Arrival, not Inception. Um, But Interstellar. That's what I was looking for. Well, Interstellar. No, I disagree. Because Arrival, 
Hardcore spoilers for Interstellar and Arrival coming up right now. At the end, they both tell their stories in non-linear ways. Well, it's not like non-linear storytelling is an innovation. That's been around for decades. No, what I'm saying, all I'm saying is that they are very similar films. No. You okay, want, that's you fine. Want me, want, me to make, want me to make a list on how different Arrival and Interstellar Yeah, are. yes, please do that. Um, <laughs> but uh, Aaron, what do you what want? All right, let me let me work on this right now. <laughs> okay, Aaron, what what do you think? In terms of uh, in terms of storytelling, storytelling, no, no, yeah. no. As in Arrival and in, uh, Interstellar, are they are they the same movie or the different? I'm movie? not saying they're the well, same movie. I'm saying the they're similar. Aha, Jacob. But they do definitely have. <laughs> That's not what I was arguing. <laughs> they're, they're drawing from similar scientific concepts, but it's not like we should you know critique movies for being like oh you're both using the same science it's like we only have one science and i keep saying i'm playing devil's advocate here and you guys keep taking it as a personal offense toward arrival i'm like no i'm not personally attacking arrival i'm just bringing up the other side of the argument but so storytelling aaron do you got anything well i mean i can think of like films that are like unconventional like uh Mulholland Drive obviously has unconventional storytelling mm-hmm. and uses a lot of ambiguity that traditional movies don't. Seventeen uh, years we ago, talked about, we talked about like, being John Malkovich in uh, Gateway to like Cinema a few years. weeks ago. So, and that has like very different style of storytelling to it than many films. Not necessarily in like terms of plot structure or anything, but just the fact that it gets it's a unique absurd. story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's what that's what I'm saying. Is like that's how we count innovation. I'm not, like I okay. said. I don't know what you're looking for as in response to this. I'm question. just looking for a discussion. You know, I'm I'm just looking to see what you guys think. Feel putting on my feelers. I got the little mantis feelers. You know, um, I think something like maybe Scott Pilgrim versus the World, with its kind of like hyper stylized comic booky aspects. You know the like mixture of like the flat graphic designs with the live action and hmm. all that okay yeah interesting i don't know I- i'm thinking beyond a- avengers thinking what did i see before that that i'm like well man film film's different and I- i'm honestly cannot think of anything which is horrible, but like I mean, like that I saw in my lifetime that I didn't go back and watch because I mean, just like you said, Mulholland Drive. I, w- I went back and watched that. I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe this is more drawing on an idea that we are no longer in the golden age of cinema. <laughs> and I'm like, well, the '80s are gone. We don't have those anymore. And then we had the '90s, and uh, so it's I don't know. Maybe that's a part of it too. anyone else getting the feeling that this is a lot like my idea where I'm like, hey, Hollywood doesn't have any creativity, and then let's make a topic about it, and then we talk about it, and we're like, this isn't really a topic. (laughs) Yeah. We are the age, we are the millennials. We are actually not millennials, but yeah. Well, not not us specifically. No, no. I'm trying to say that. We're in the age of millennials? With all these little kids running around, yeah, yeah, no. So oh, you're right. We don't have the 80s and we don't have the 90s, but we 
are in 20 we're in 2017 all right <laughs> yeah yes yes, <laughs> yes that is the year 2017 david's been time traveling everyone i think it's time you all should know this Cause, yeah because arrival and interstellar are completely different so i've been both oh my god both time traveling <laughs> timelines why are you dying oh. on this hill <laughs> okay all right so all right i mean you keep looking back, like, all oh, the 80s were so good, the, the 90s were so good. Yeah. This is, well, that, that's what you're saying, like, 10 minutes ago, not even 10 minutes ago. No, I'm saying ago. that we had the 90s, I'm like, eh, that's all right. And then we got the thousands, it's like, eh, that's all right. I would just think, like, when I look back at movies, I'm like, what's the best decade for movies? I'm going to say the 80s, all the time. Except for Escape from New York. I'm going to say that's the one blight on 80s movie history. <laughs> That's that's the one blade. That's the one from New York. Yeah. Yep. No, I think we should look forward because I always want to have hope that something new, something different, something that's not rebooted will come out. Gotta have hope. I'm not saying that think won't about, happen. Think about um uh what was the one about the corpse? The farting corpse that Harry Potter played. Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Swiss Swiss Army Man. You know what? That is certainly unique. You're that's exactly. a good point, David. Unique. And what year did that come out? Just last, last year. year. Yeah. Last year, 2016. We got we got a long road ahead, but guess what? We're gonna have some good movies. We're in gonna this have decade. some farting Just corpses. Wait. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a shortage of great movies out there. I don't think there's a shortage of uh, creative and innovative movies out there. So, I. I think if people aren't finding innovation in films, they're not looking in the right spots. Except for, if you know, the technological advancements that we talked about, like the de-aging technology, the recreating actors, the 3D, mm-hmm. that can be witnessed in a, the, you know, popular blockbusters. And that, to me, is, you know, paving the way forward. Guys, just want to let you know, you won me over. This segment was a success, I think. You know, my, my faith in humanity and film has been restored. Is, is that and, uh... what this podcast is for you now? It's just <laughs> throw all your uncertainties at us and then it's like the... we'll be dealing with like Lacey's relationship problems yeah. or his, his father issues or whatever. Oh, oh God. It just devolves into a therapy session. Yeah. Well, that's what... I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to touch a nerve. No, like no, 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 nubs. <laughs> no, no, nubs. <laughs> no, um, no, I just, I, you know, this is kind of an idea that I've been thinking of. I'm like, huh, well, you know, I don't know where I land, but I think I, I land with you. You know, there's always stuff to look forward to, even if that those things to look forward to are Baywatch and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 5. Here we go. On the upcoming movies of the week. This is the guy you think is a good PR opportunity for us. He's reckless. With two gold medals. How many gold medals do you have? Probably zero. Guys, let's start with, uh, well, let's just start with Baywatch, why don't we? Thumbs out first. It does, actually, yeah. A day before Pirates of the Caribbean, for some reason. So, Baywatch was a movie I saw the trailer for, and I'm like, oh. No, Baywatch was a TV show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thank you, thank (laughs) you. No, I saw the trailer for the new movie, and I'm like, oh, that looks 
actually okay. I like The Rock. I like uh, Zac Efron. But then the more and more they've been like releasing and showing, I'm like, no, this this movie looks horrible. Like, stop showing me. No, I just wanted to hope that this would be good. And all that's dashed, everyone. It's all it's all dashed. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys? You want to elaborate? Uh, Why do you think it's that? Just because everything you've seen. Yeah, just all the stuff and all the trailers. Like originally, I'm like these jokes, and eh, maybe they're not the best. Maybe they're saving the best for the movie. And then like they keep releasing more and more jokes, and I'm like, well, this isn't very funny. This is kind of kind of dumb. Kind of like, oh, that's a butthole joke. <laughs> Everyone loves a good butthole joke. Am I right? And it's like, no, you you're wrong. And uh, yeah, I'm just like, yeah. Well, I mean, I think if we can say anything about Baywatch. Is that we can say it will be better than chips? Yeah, I'm I'm banking on that for sure. I am certainly banking on that. I don't know, David. What do you think? Have you seen anything for Baywatch? Yeah, um, I I don't know. Like, it looks like stupid humor, which I'm not really quite the fan of a lot of the time, and. I enjoy The Rock, I enjoy Zach, but just, I don't know, it's like, oh, we got, there are drugs on this beach, I'm like, there's drugs on every beach, like, I don't know what you're freaking out about, man, like, like, there's murders, I'm like, oh, The Rock's gonna handle it, don't worry, like, this whole just plot doesn't really sound amusing, and I really care less about The Rock and Zach Efron running around in their swimsuits. Are you that kidding me? What? Are you kidding me? Sex, sexiest man alive. He really is. The Rock I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather go back to the WWE days. He's got the fanny pack. With, with, yeah, with, with the fanny pack and the little yeah, win the belt. Yeah. I want, I want everyone to be clear that if The Rock runs for president like he says he's going to, that photo will be circulated everywhere. <laughs> like, that will be everyone be on Facebook feeds. Do you want this to be your president? <laughs> He's wearing a fanny back. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Also, I also kind of don't want him to run for president because I don't need to know about the horrible stuff The Rock has done. I'm like, I like you, Rock. I like you. Please don't be a horrible person. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're desperate, but we're not that desperate. Come on, Rock. <laughs> Kanye 2020. Oh, oh my God. If yeah. The Rock runs not against that. Kanye, <laughs> that would be the most absurd Democratic, I'm assuming they're both Democratic, Democratic debate I would ever see in my life. So uh, how about we move on to Pirates the of the Caribbean 5 Dead Men Tell No Tales. They shouldn't have told the last, this. The last. That's me. Oh. Uh, okay. We got one. We got one, boys. <laughs> Come on, Aaron. Don't you like the pirate movies? I do, actually. I, I am excited for this. I, I saw, Thank you. So am I. Because like, I remember I didn't watch the pirate movies to like my like sophomore, sophomore year, junior year of high school. Like, I, I just never watched. I don't know why. And then, like, I just watched. We're all four of them were out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you were then, junior high school, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just pounded. 2011, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I just pounded them all out, like, in the same week. I was like, wow, these are actually kind of good. Like, I like Jack Sparrow. I like just 
the universe because like you know you don't really get like those are like the only pirate movies that have like ever done well yeah you, you don't well, like you don't like muppet treasure island no you got you muppet guys like treasure muppet island it's pretty great it's pretty great it's, it's <laughs> the great. cabin fever song everyone like that cabin fever song <laughs> but i'm i'm excited for this pirates movie i'm probably gonna attempt to see it to be clear one, four, three, two. Drop the mic. That's my phone. That's, I don't think that's the order we settled on. Because we did that official podcast ranking. We did, but that's so long ago. One, I don't three, remember. Four, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can settle for that. Because four does not get the credit it deserves. It feels like a pirate Indiana Jones movie, and that's all I need in my life. Four was just... They were trying way too hard. And they, and they nailed so, it. <laughs> and they did not nail it. But I feel like with this six-year break, or however long it's been... Mm-hmm. They had time to sober I, up and figure yeah, out what they're going to do. I think it might become a little fresh again. I don't know. I, I, at the same time, every time like Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp comes on the screen, I'm just like, eh, am I excited for this movie? Now... Aaron, is that because you know now there is no artistry to any of his performances? <laughs> he has a person in his ear telling him his lines before he reads them. I'm really debating whether I, whether I will actually go and see this movie. I don't know. You will. I don't know. I, I, so this is the thing. I texted Aaron today and I was like, hey man, I hate this new thing that trailers are doing where they're like, hey, this is the final movie. When we already know they filmed six, there's going to be a sixth. You can't call it the final they movie. Film a sixth one? They didn't. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they did. That was in the plans for a long time that they'd film five and six back to back. I don't think they went forward with it. Though. They didn't. Oh, they're not very. But I certain. still think they're saying like it's the. It it says like this is where the final adventure begins. I, so I no. think they mean it like, mm. oh, the fifth one leads into the sixth one, and then the sixth one's the final one. It's the final adventure that'll stretch on for twenty more movies. This is the final adventure, guys. <laughs> like, mm. see, the pirates two, boring, really boring. The only good scene is the wheel thing. We all we've discussed this. Pirates three. Over the top and stupid. They get married while fighting on a boat. It might be one of the stupidest scenes I've ever seen put to I film. I love three. I love two. I love one. Four is bad. But I'm excited for this new one. And then they get to four. And I'm like, alright. I see what we're doing here. We got a nice Indiana Jones style story. With some mystical stuff at the end. The Fountain of Youth. Oh man. Give me some more of that. That's my favorite kind of Indiana Jones thing. My favorite Uncharted thing. It's when you get through this whole story and then at the end there's that little bit of, little bit of mysteriousness that you get to explore. And so uh, I'm hoping there's some mysteriousness. I know nothing about the plot of this, honestly. I saw the, I saw the trailer, like the teaser trailer, where he's like, Do you know where I can find Jack Sparrow? I'm from Skyfall, and I'm here to get Jack Sparrow. And then it's like... That's a horrible Javier Bardem. I don't know how he talks. <laughs> I haven't seen Skyfall in so long. <laughs> but, uh... And then I saw the other one that was set to the Johnny Cash song. 
and I'm like, that's not even like a real trailer. It's like maybe 30 seconds long at that. Yeah, but but Logan used Johnny Cash. Oh my god, it so makes me so we, mad. I used Johnny Cash. <laughs> and uh, so now I'm just kind of like, this is a movie. Jack Sparrow's in it. it Do they think that's what's going to sell this movie? Do you guys know what the plot of this movie is? Does anyone know? <laughs> yeah, it's um, Orlando Bloom mm-hmm. is on the Flying Dutchman. Right. Because and then his dad is the guy who bootstrap wants to Bill. kill Jacks. Huh? No, his dad's Bootstrap Bill. That's that's the guy that wants to kill Jack no, Sparrow. Bo- no, Javier yes. Bardem doesn't play Bootstrap Bill, does he? Aaron. No. No. It's a different guy. It's a new villain. Yeah, he's new. He's like a Spanish naval officer. But but, but he's the one. Ghost. They have ghost sharks, too. That's a part of the plot. They're, they're ghost pirates, not zombie pirates, obviously. It's much different this time around. <laughs> it's completely different. <laughs> See, guys, we've changed the formula. Now they're ghosts. <laughs> yeah. um, I, Some I'm, dude with Orlando Bloom and the Flying Dutchman. That's what it's about to be like. I, I just don't even know what the end goal is for this movie. I know Paul McCartney's in it for some reason, and I'm like, well, I'll go see it for Paul McCartney, but that's just going to be three seconds of a four-hour-long movie. The, the end goal of this movie is to make a billion dollars at the international <laughs> oh, box office. That's, that's a good... That is, that that's is the, the goal. goal. That is the goal. You are correct. Yeah, so I'm basically on the side where I'm like, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what reviews what we get. What else is coming out this weekend? That's it. That's it. That's all? So, remember, Cheers. dead men tell no tales. Guys, let's move on to what have we been watching this week. I was trying to think of a joke, but I had nothing, so, you know. Because I, I used a good one, you know. Yeah, it's like, how do I come back from that? How, how do I make a better joke? And I was going to say something about, like, someone on the production crew the dying. There, but... you know, just... Yeah. Who directed this movie? Do we know? It's, uh, I don't remember their names because, like, their names are hard to pronounce, but they directed the, like, Contiki movie or something. It was some kind of boat movie. Hmm. Experience with boats. That's good. Anyway, guys, let's move on to the What Have You Been Watching segment this week. Final mission to save mankind has failed. The 70-mile-wide asteroid known as Matilda is set to collide with Earth in exactly three weeks' time, and we'll be bringing you our countdown to the end of days, along with all your classic rock favorites. Um, I have nothing. I've been playing Injustice 2. That's all I've been doing. I watched RoboCop for Gateway to Cinema. I want to talk about RoboCop on there. You have you have the right to remain silent. I'm RoboCop. That's my RoboCop. Impression. That's a horrible <laughs> RoboCop. <laughs> Don't worry. If you want to hear more of that, you can listen to Gateway to Cinema. Yeah, start it up, Aaron. What you got? Uh, I'll well, an incredibly short list. Oh, I also have an incredibly short list because, like I said, I was sick this past week, so I didn't really do a, a, you know watch a whole lot. Uh, I guess today. I watched a movie with my family, watched Seeking a Friend for the End of the World with Steve Carell, Kira Knightley. Is it Kira Knightley or is it... Yeah, it's Kira Knightley. Yeah, it's Kira Knightley. Okay. I, I really like that one that much. I thought it was alright. Yeah. What I, what I liked about it was that, like, 
you know, if you're going to make like a high concept comedy, you know, like the world is ending and all that. I like that it actually leaned into the high concept, you know? Yeah. Like it went for it. And I, I appreciate that, you know, it didn't, it didn't hold back in any respect. You know what? Another high concept comedy that uh, deals you... with the end of the world is? <laughs> this is the end is the best high concept comedy that's ever existed. <laughs> this is much better than this is the end. No, it's uh, not. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the all post-apocalyptic uh, comedy. Yeah. No, this movie was much better. I can't tell if you're just messing with me or if you really believe that. I'm not. I really believe that. Oh my god, no. Mm-mm. All right, fine. Yeah, I mean, I, there were there were some quality laughs. I like that they embraced the high concept. Uh, I did have a few problems with the way it handled its ending, and I f- felt like you know overall the movie was a bit. Uh, it it just kind of felt like a lot of you know it's a road trip movie so it's very much like oh we're stopping here we're stopping here we're stopping here meeting these quirky characters meeting these quirky characters and it can feel a bit like disjointed like that so do you, do you know what another great road trip comedy movie is not vacation well, vacation not 2015. vacation twenty fifteen everyone <laughs> woo woo <laughs> we're going on vacation gonna go to a place like that's called with a big guy and he goes on the road. Coaster and it goes. Ah! Jacob is on shrooms. <laughs> I am not on shrooms. Just so everyone's clear on that. All that's right. Some, that's something that someone on shrooms would say. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's true. It's being quite defensive. Yeah, man. It's like on the graduate podcast last week. No, I am not having an affair with an older woman. No, we can. We gotta kill that right now. Aaron. So yeah, uh, beyond that, I finished watching season two of Master of None. Ah, okay. Heard it's pretty good. So, pretty good finale. I hear good things. Yeah, once again, I highly, highly recommend this show. It's very, very well done. Uh, season two was once again exceptional. I'm not sure if it's better than the first or not, but they're definitely, you know, equally as good at least. You know, mm-hmm. like didn't lose any quality in the second season. You know what? You know uh, what? You know what else is getting a second season that uh, is also exceptional? Elena. Well, well, yeah. Trial and Error, I mean, everybody. Uh-uh, yeah, Trial and Error is a good show. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something stupid like Superstore. I was going to have to punch Superstore is getting season three, and it's going to be fantastic. Well, I know where I'm not going to spend my money. <laughs> You know, you don't have to spend money to watch Superstore. Aaron, what's next, buddy? What? What's next? Oh, I just wanted to say a few more words on Master of None. Oh, just, I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs> I thought you were done, so I just jumped no, in. No, <laughs> you just keep on jumping in with your connection. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was just a really, really great second season. I really appreciated like the more... Uh, there, there's a couple episodes that kind of like break from the formula of the show that are like really neat. Like there's one that just like follows around a couple different stories of people from New York City, and then there's like another one that uh, goes through this one of the side characters like their Thanksgiving with their family year after year and all that. And they're both like really powerful episodes. Okay. So I just you know, once again, innovation and in storytelling. This isn't film, but. Uh, a show like Master of None is really, uh, you know, 
it, it's not afraid to change up its style and it keeps on coming up with really creative and profound and hilarious stories. So highly, highly recommend the show. Alright. I'm gonna get on that one eventually. I will. Sure you sure. Sure. Alright. Is that all or uh yeah. Like I said, that was my week. David was what you got for us? So I watched two episodes of Prison Break. Two. Because I missed last week's. Mm-hmm. So I caught up on this week's and last week's. There's only three episodes left, man. The season is just high stakes, high if, action, high drama. What if it gets canceled it, again? Well, it probably it won't it won't get canceled. Like So basically this is this is what happened. Mm-hmm. They uh, the same guy like who made Prison Break wrote, wrote seasons one through three, mm-hmm. but then like something happened and he didn't write season four. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he got sick or something happened where like he he didn't get like fired or anything. He just like didn't write season four, but like, right. like wasn't there. So then um, he came back. He's like, "What the heck? What did they do my show? This is awful." Like season four is like a, like he thought like like the way season, I thought season four was fine. It's just like not what he wanted. So he goes, I'm gonna make a fifth season. So and then he's gonna like end it. So then he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna make a fifth season. And then he like they interviewed him. Like, oh yeah, what about a sixth season? He goes, Well, I don't wanna like have Prison Break overstay its welcome because like it's gotta end like sometime. Which I really appreciate because, like, he's a director that understands a show shouldn't just keep going on and on and on. Like The Walking Dead? Sure. Like The Walking Dead. <laughs> Guess who's still going to be watching The Walking Dead? I'm going to guess that's, you. That, that's why I brought that one up. <laughs> I'll, I'll still be watching. It's fine. It'll get better sooner or later. That's not necessarily true. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, so he's like, if I can think of, like, a like, a good, like, actual story that's, like, actually worth it, then, may- then maybe I'll make a, a sixth season. But right now, season five's, like, the end because that's what I want, and I don't want to, like, have the show over say it's welcome. So hats off to you, whatever director you are of this season. It could um, very well it- end up like the X-Files, you know, revival, where it's like, eh, we'll make another season when people are available. Yeah. I, I need to watch the X Files because I love that it's coming back. Sure. But I need to. I got half of the thing you're gonna watch. I might yeah, just start we watching. Running, the new we should make a running list of the things that of all the shows that Jacob watch. says he wants to watch, but he doesn't. Now here's right, the thing. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on this right now. In television. We got X Files. We got, we got uh, Master of None. Master of None. Mm. Can be yeah, like yeah. like the show Breaking Bad. No, because I'm I'm never fully committed to Breaking Bad. Yeah, Are you really list. typing up a list? Uh, yes. Oh Sounds my fun. god. What okay. Master of None. Master of None. X Files. He he has mentioned Prison Break before. Yeah, but I don't really ever see no, myself no, no, watching no, no, Prison no, Break. He, he's mentioned it. Write it down. I really don't ever see now myself he's, watching now it. Now he's copying out. You want me like, to oh, watch no. it, and so I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll watch it one day, and then I'm right. like, I'm they probably never gonna watch it. Document that. TV shows Lacey will never watch. Oh my god. 
Well, you can add more to that. You can add oh, friends. You can never add, get around to watch. Um, now, here's the thing. TV sucks. It's one of the worst ways to tell your stories. It's like, get me in, get me out, two hours, boom, bada bing, bada boom, done. Story's done. I know it. You don't need to have, like, here's 13 hours of this story. I hope you really like Foggy and his girlfriend, because that's all you're going to get this episode. <laughs> well, what, We're Marvel. I mean, I th- that's debatable, because what if you have the story arcs that need more time than two and a half no, hours I'm, to be told? No, I'm obviously just messing around, because... There are great shows that are thirteen season or thirteen episodes. Like I love, uh, you're the worst. Like Actually, that's ten. Like thirteen but, reasons. Yeah. Oh, wait, what? Thirteen reasons. Nailed it. Kidding. Nailed it. Which that was my segue into my into my <laughs> second show. <laughs> yes, thank you. I watched like three episodes of Thirteen Reasons today. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't like. I don't understand Stop the craze. Watching. I did. Stop watching no, if it's no. not good. No, I I ha- I'm responsible for this podcast. No. I have someone no. has to watch. No one has to do this. David, it's, again. it's like be me. And be I'm me watching, when I was watching, watching Game of Thrones. Just quit if it's not good. Just quit. Oh yeah, Game of Thrones. I'm never watching Game of Thrones. I'm done. It's Wait. dumb and I hate it. We're adding it to the list. It's Why? Really, it yeah. doesn't. Can't protest the it literally does not make sense to be on that list. <laughs> okay. We, are, we are the deciding. So we guys. are. We Fine. are the law. Fine. No, sure. But um, for yeah, one reason, someone needs to be educated about this topic. So I, I am taking this one on. Read plot also, summaries. <laughs> also, I watch it with my girlfriend, and she enjoys the show. So yeah, I don't know. I like. I understand what they're like. I understand how someone could get hooked into it, like oh, like the, the mystery and like what's gonna happen, but it just feels like some teen drama. And like I did realize that I'm pretty sure it, like it started out with five stars and now it's at like three on Netflix. So I'm just like, hey, they don't do stars anymore though. I, I mean, I just saw it today. Are you sure? Yeah, don't they do the percent match now? It's, yeah, there's like the thumbs up, thumbs down system. But I think I think like it's like if you're watching this on like some kind of app or something, it might not be updated. Oh yeah, that's the, true. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm watching it on my TV, which has like a Netflix app. So, hmm, sure. But yeah, um, yeah, like I I can't really say anything about Thirteen Reasons other because you know it's such a short season and everything's like condensed and tight. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I guess they're making a season two, so they really gotta buckle up. You still don't have to do it, but <laughs> man, I look out for this podcast. <laughs> all right, what else you got? That's all. All right, well. I went. I went camping, so yeah. There's no TV being watched. Guys, what do you say we move on? To the Devil's Advocate segment this week. Aaron, would you like to lead us in? Uh, of course. So yeah, this is the segment where we take a film and we that people are saying, you know, this is a great film, and we're and we will instead say why it is a bad film. Or 
in this case, it is a film that people are saying, this is a terrible film, but we will make the case for why it is great. So uh, this week we got a little uh, a special film here. You know, this is a film that has received a lot of uh, criticism. Yeah, bombed at the box office, too. Bombed at the box mm-hmm. office. Like 9% tomato meter. And, yeah. Tomometer, you know, if you will. I will not. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a... Savage! It is a uh, film that even I myself gave a really negative review to as one of my earliest reviews on my blog. Oh, that's and true. And it is a film that we have mentioned many, many time, times on this time. podcast. And uh, we're here today to admit that we were wrong. We were wrong. You know? We we were wrong. Uh, the movie in question is, in fact, a masterpiece. And yes. that film is Fantastic Four. Or Fantastic, if you will. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> Dr. Storm, we gave you six years and millions of dollars, and you gave us nothing. What's different now? Reed Richards. He knows answers to questions we don't even know to ask you. I may. You may? All right. So, Finn Forstick. <laughs> All right. For the whole rest of that segment, we got to call it Finn Forstick because so I've never I, heard I'm gonna you go, that. I'm going to talk about how the thing. What, what is the thing's iconic saying? Mm. It's clobbering time. It's clobbering time. I really enjoyed in this movie how. Because I always wondered. Where, where did he like get this phrase? What like right. why would he say it's clavering time? This movie took the time and, and pleasure of building a backstory in order for the audience to to realize where that saying is clobbering time came from. Right. And now I appreciate it that much more when the thing says it's clobbering time in this film. Right. And I love probably, how they they made it come from an abusive like brother story too you know it really gets to you get to that uh, that core of him you know it's like man when he says it's clobbering time it's like his wubba lubba dub dub all right it's like it means he feels great pain and uh you know it's it, in fact he's the one who's being clobbered inside every time he says it you know he, he thinks back to how his brother used to beat him up and it's like man it's really just an emotional moment yeah it's a really and i really like idea. how like you know, the, the the brother doesn't show up again after that first scene at all. You know, yeah. it's he's just there for that first scene, but then his presence, like, lingers over the rest of the film, because then you get to the end when they're fighting Dr. Doom, and he says it again. He says it's clobbering time. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, it's so Full cathartic. Circle. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that, the, such an emotional release for him. Because in many ways, like, because, like, Doom was, like, his new family member, that mm-hmm. also betrayed that bond. That's true. So now, very much, it's it's all it's all that emotion coming back as he punches him again at the end. Yeah. And uh, you know, the, when you say that, the brother, uh, this movie's fairly comparable in that way to Moonlight. The brother in Fantastic Four is like Mahershala Ali in Moonlight. And just that he gives a, a fantastic performance, one of the best. Surprised he wasn't nominated, honestly. But, and you know, I, I want to say another thing that I really love about this. I love that the movie takes the time to let us learn about our characters in different ways. You know, 
it te- it shows us uh, uh, Reed Richards when he was a kid, but then it's like, you know what? We don't want to confuse you. This is the best thing for the movie. We don't want to confuse you. So we're going to have the same person play him in high school that plays him when he's like 20 or something. They're, they're very considerate. Like yeah. And we also, and that's great because why else would he be at a, at a high school science fair? Like that's the only thing that makes sense, right? Like, I mean, I think this movie is doing something unique with its storytelling. You know what? Innovation in film. Fantastic Four. Use the same actor for all the roles. It's, I think it's, not all the roles, but all the age groups for the character. That would be an interesting film. <sighs> yeah. It's true. Not that this film isn't uh, fantastic, you know. If <laughs> or fan-forstic, even. <laughs> if, 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 if you will. You might even say it's fan-forstic. It is fan-forstic. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> what have we done? So, you know, another you know another great part of this movie? I really right like... Me. I really like uh, that moment when uh, we see Reed Richards, like, utilizing his powers when he, like, morphs his face to go get yeah. that uh, car part at, like, the flea market or wherever yeah. he was. I forget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like we never, we never saw, never, we didn't see like that utilization of the powers. It's it's like such a clever use, you know. He just disguises himself as a different ethnicity, you know. It's it's genius, you know. <laughs> Keeping it together. Yeah, I really love that part too. <laughs> I especially love. That it's, like, such a powerful move. He doesn't use it again. It gives the character a lot of restraint, you know? It's like, I could look like someone completely different. I could hide really easily. But he's like, you know, I don't want to use my powers for bad. I want to use them for good. I think that's just a a beautiful moment in the film, honestly. I really love when he abandons his friends. You know, it, it sets up the great character arc of him coming back and being a good friend again. You know, he has this best friend that he's had since fifth grade, and he just leaves him there. He leaves him to be tortured by scientists and turn into a, a, a murder machine. And, you know, a murder machine. you feel bad. You feel bad for Ben Grimm. But then you're like, Reed Richards gets his redemption story as well. And the thing is, it's so unspoken. They don't even ever speak about it. It's never like, hey, you abandoned us for five years. They just have such a great connection, such chemistry. That they don't even need to say it. They look at each other. And they're like, hey. Hey. Now that we're a team, we should probably have a name. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty fantastic and there's four of us. I got it. Cut to black. Yeah, it's, it's just like, you know, in Age of Ultron, when Captain America is like, Avengers, and then it cuts to black, but he mm-hmm. says assemble. You know, it's just... Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same kind of genius at play here. It is. It is. And I just want to... appreciate oh. how the Fantastic Four, they acquired the powers, and then it showed how the government was so nice to them, allowed them to train, allowed them to perfect their powers. Yeah, you know, we which... were complaining last week about the government in the movie. This time, the government's given a good position, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like, hey, we want to help you, Fantastic Four. I also want to show a bit of love 
to the behind the scenes of this movie. Mm-hmm. Josh Trank. You know, he a lot of people give actors a lot of credit for committing to their roles being like, "Hey, I'm I'm the Joker, so I'm going I'm going to be like the Joker a lot." I'm I'm hey. <laughs> I'm Jared Leto. I'm I'm the Joker. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Is that a good Jared Leto? <laughs> uh, no, no, it's not. And uh, Josh Trank, they always say, "Don't ask your employees to do something you could never do." And Josh Trank really does it. He commits to a character of a narcissistic dick. He nails it. He nails. Oh, yeah, are we it. allowed to say that on the podcast? Or you... Yes, I'm going to say yes because we've said it before. <laughs> so, can we? yeah. Can we also make, can we also argue that the director? had enough vision to to put these wonderful sh- shots in the trailers that excited us mm-hmm. but he had the idea to take it out in order to see the true form of the movie right he he made his movie spoiler proof yeah he exactly. really did in this day and age when, when it feels like every single superhero movie we're going to we know the entire spoiler. plot ahead of time josh Chenk is like i know a way around that i'll give them fake scenes in their trailer and then they won't know what to expect in the movie and it it, the whole movie is so surprising you know like i was constantly surprised (laughs) when watching this film that that is certainly true i mean we all saw this movie together and i could feel your surprise sitting next to me i'm like yes that man is surprised next to me one could say i could barely contain my surprise (laughs) You, you could barely contain it and uh yeah, I just think, man, Fox really... The only mistake, if we can make any criticism about this movie, Fox shouldn't have stepped in. You know, we should have let Josh Trank have free reign. Let him wreck the houses. He is playing a tortured director, you know? He needs to feel that pain. But as soon as Fox stepped in, you know, there's a lot of red tape to cut through. All of a sudden, the movie gets... Yeah, a lot of it. All of a sudden, the movie gets sexist. Yeah, we can't blame that one on Josh Trank, can we? I don't, I don't know. Can we blame that on Josh Trank? <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's really great. It's really, it's really a great film. Yeah. Is that awesome? I, I, I think we, uh, we, uh, settled it, you know? Give Fanforstic another chance. Yeah, this is definitely a film that's due for a critical reevaluation, you know? It is. It's like... Think about all the films people hate in the past, you know, mm-hmm. like... Like the thing and mm. the Godfather, I want to say. Yes. Yeah. So you know, this it takes time. This is... Like a well-aged wine, it needs to it needs to sit for a while. You know what I mean? It needs to breathe. I think one day you'll look back and you'll say to yourself, "Best movie of 2015, fantastic." Or sorry, excuse me. Fan four stick. Best movie of twenty sixteen. Also fan four stick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, is that all we got then, guys? I guess. Uh, yeah, another successful argument made. Mm-hmm. Fantastic four, or fan four. Go watch it. Oh, it, yeah, Wait. you're right. It is fan four stick. It's not fan four stick. Fant four stick. Okay, I got it. Good now. Alright, well guys, let's move on. To the bad movie of the week. Oh my god! 
I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Hey, give me my ball. Garbage day! Huh? No! Aaron, you piqued mm -hmm. my interest earlier telling me that you had a bit of a cult classic uh, bad movie. In infamous bad movie for yeah. you guys. Okay, so what Please happened let is it I, be. Had, I, was, I, was, I had a film all set. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that film at a later date. Oh, I'm sure we will. But then, a film came on cable late at night. Oh, no. And I was like, you know what? I was planning on going to bed. But I had to stay <laughs> up to watch this movie. And that movie was The Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, my God. <laughs> Aaron, why would you do this? I was thinking it was like The Room or something, but why would you watch The Garbage Pail Kids? Because it was on TV, Lacey. <laughs> That's never a good defense. You can't ignore it when it's on TV. <laughs> yeah, never. You can't change the channel or anything. They just don't make TVs like that. That's just not how TVs work. They should. They should. David... Set up a patent for us right now. We're going to get this. Uh, uh, we'll call it a clicker. Something you can push buttons in the TV channels change. That would be very innovative. Am I the only that person would, who calls them clickers? Be an innovation for, for, for film right there, you know? If yeah. we could just not watch a film when it <laughs> came on the TV. That is innovation. That for sure is. So, Aaron, why yes. would you watch the most horrifying child's film ever made? See, see, this film, this film is a, is a, it's a thing of beauty. Is okay? it though? Because everything looks disgusting in this movie. <laughs> see, see, what you got is this is like, you know, Back to the Future. It's a loving story about a young boy mm. who hangs out all the time with this really old man who's very eccentric. Oh, it's, and, yes. you, and, they, and they never explain the relationship between the two. <laughs> And, you know, maybe there's a scene at the beginning of the film where the boy, when they, when they first show the two together, the boy is changing his clothes in front of this man. Mm. But, you know, they're not going to clarify the relationship in any way. They're just going to be like, oh, yeah, is this. Oh, no. <laughs> and then there might be another scene later on where he's, like, taking a bath. And then they hand him a towel to get out of the bath. And he notices all the people, all the garbage pail kids surrounding the bath watching him oh and he has to stand up and they all make comments on him yeah i i didn't know about this part of the film <laughs> excuse me <laughs> so yeah okay so basically this is a story mm -hmm. there's this boy uh -huh. he's getting he's like 10 years old okay 13 year old maybe mm -hmm. we don't know yeah and he's getting beaten up by these like 20 year old bullies <laughs> oh Leaving him for dead, I bet too, huh? <laughs> they did. They uh, they uh, they knock him unconscious and leave him drowning in a sewer. Holy God! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles come and save him. Even better, the, these these there's this garbage can in the antique shop that this eccentric old man runs. Oh yeah, because of course he does. And this garbage can gets knocked over, and out of it comes the garbage pail kids. Uh oh. And so they rescue him. And then they are all saying that uh, they had to be locked away in that garbage can because they are too ugly for society. You know, they have like acne, 
and snot oh. running out of their noses. The worst. And also the animatronics in their face don't work, so it, it, <laughs> their mouths could be moving, but they don't actually move. Ooh, my favorite. Because <laughs> this movie had such a low budget and so little effort put into it that they couldn't even get that right. I heard that uh, the people who made the puppets just quit. And they just used the puppets that they already had, <laughs> like so. They weren't. Even... Uh, I can't confirm that. Yeah. Except for I can confirm that because I watched the movie, and that's pretty much <laughs> the only reasonable explanation. Yeah. Yeah. So, Aaron, you, you've yes. been talking a big game about these garbage pale kids. Run us through yes. them. Who are these characters that we're going to be spending this film watching, loving, adoring, even? Well. You got you got some of them. You got one, the best one, mm-hmm. is Allie Gator. It's it's just the, you know this cute little crocodile creature, mm-hmm. you know crocodile head on like a little boy body, who just you know goes around eating human body parts the entire film. Oh, and constantly wants to eat people's feet. Horrifying. <laughs> kids movie. <laughs> kids movie. Okay. You got you got like Valerie vomit. Oh, as the name suggests, she vomits. Oh yeah, I bet. Oh, you got I don't remember all their names, but you got one that just farts all the time. He does a fart. Yeah, he do, he just farts all the time. I know That's there's one character. that pees himself all the time. I know that much. There's, there's one that pees himself all the time, and there's uh. one that's just like a biker dude. I don't know why, but he's, he's one that exists. Is he a, is he a greaser? David just slammed yeah, his elbow a, down. Are you okay, buddy? No, I just hit a funny tendon, which funny bone is actually a tendon that runs in between your your radius and your ulna. If the internet was wondering, it's anatomy time. If and you, I just rocked it. If you got nothing out of this podcast, you'll at least learn that it's not a bone, it's a tendon. So one does a pee. All right. Okay, so yeah, all these people, all these garbage trail kids are, are misfits from society. Uh-huh. And this old man had to lock them away because he was afraid for their safety. Because you see, in this world, there is this place called the state home for the ugly. Oh. And all ugly people get sent to this home. Everyone better keep me hidden, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They never clarify any of the other world buildings surrounding this. You're just like, oh yeah, ugly people get locked up. So the the garbage pail kids, they think that the rest of their friends, all the other garbage pail kids on the trading cards that kids might, you know, have come to the movie expecting to see, Mm -hmm. they think they're locked up in the state home. Uh Uh-huh. So they break into the state home. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Or more accurately, they get captured. And thrown into this state home. Oh. And then the boy breaks in. Okay. And inside this state home, there's no other garbage pail kids. Oh, good. There's Santa Claus. Oh. There's Abraham Lincoln. Oh, oh. There's Gandhi. Oh. There's there's a clown. There's there's an old person. But there's no there's no other garbage pail kids. And so um, the boy and the what? old man, the, the, the magician dude that he hangs out with break into this state mm-hmm. home, rescue uh-huh. the garbage pail kids. Mm-hmm. And then the boy turns to the man, to the magician guy, and he's like, but what about their friends? And then the, the old man's like, well, I'm sorry, you remember that garbage truck we saw out there? 
And he just makes a smushing <laughs> sigh with his hands. And that is the end of that storyline. What? So what? All, kids, all those fans of the Garbage Pail Kids that weren't in this movie. They're all dead. They come in. And yeah, the guy's just like, oh yeah, they're all dead. Oh yeah. We were too late to save them. They all kids died movie. years ago. Kids movie. <laughs> okay. Alright. Well, it can't get worse than that, right, Aaron? Oh, it can. The bad movie of the week turns into the fault in your dumb skin. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I was I mean, transition it, that's pretty I much the, the, the gist of this film. There's this whole subplot with, like, a fashion show and the oh. Garbage Pail Kids are, like, really good at making fashionable outfits. And then the young boy is in love with, like, this 20-year-old girl. Oh. And then she ends up falling in love with him. But then he rejects her because she betra- she's the one that betrays the Garbage Pail Kids. And then he's just like, no, you're too ugly. No, no. I remember the line exactly because I just watched a video on this movie oh, the other day. It, it's, I just don't find you pretty anymore. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, 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 no, that's, no. My favorite, that's my favorite line. That's, what are you teaching children? That is to be shallow little pricks? Like, that's not how life should oh, be. Yeah. But anyway. What else, Aaron? Come on. But give me some hope. Give me something. Is there anything in this movie that can give me hope? Uh... That, that it has an ending. And then just at the end, the, the magician tries to get the garbage pail kids back in the garbage pail, but they decide to know, just go out on their own, and they ride off into the sunset. And that's that's the movie for, wow. for sequels to come. Yeah. So originally planned as a horror film, so that's probably why everything seems wrong. <laughs> like it eats feet and stuff. I don't know. Eh, bad movie. Yeah. You're right, though. Infamously bad. Infamously bad. Guys, you know what's not garbage? The fault in your stars. Oh, okay. I don't even have time to tell you how wrong you are. Actually, it's going to bug me if I don't. That's fine. I get that, but you're wrong and I hate you. Guys, this is, of course, the segment where we take a good review for a bad mo- or Yeah, a good review for a bad movie or a bad review for a good movie. And then we, uh, you know, we take out the spoilery bits. The, one of us reads it to the others. And uh, we try and guess what that movie is. Now, David, you got a little review for us of what you got. One and a half stars. All right, Meaning good movie. that this is a good movie. Yes. I didn't really like it at all. Oh, no. I'm surprised to see such high ratings from the critics. Oh. It has element, elementary vocabulary. The stars don't even lip sync their songs correctly. And the evil character doesn't even learn her lesson. Uh-oh. Hmm. Read it again another for me, one. please. Oh, another, another one. Okay, perfect. I saw this and I just couldn't watch any more of this. I found it boring. That is all. <laughs> okay. I, will reread, I will reread the one and a half star. Okay. I didn't really like it at all. 
I was surprised to see such high ratings from the critics and an elementary vocabulary. The stars don't even lip sync their songs correctly. The evil character doesn't even learn her lesson. Aaron, do you have any clue what this is? <laughs> I do not. I don't either. Obviously a musical of some sort. Yeah. The characters don't even lip sync their songs correctly. The villain doesn't get her comeuppance. Is it? Um, I got another one. One and a half oh. stars. Okay, go for it. Oh, wait. <laughs> I can read you this. Alright, here's a review one star. Ready? Yeah. Heard a lot about this, but never seen it. <laughs> yeah. That, that's all. <laughs> um so oh, here I got I got the one and a half star. Okay. Last one. It's not actively bad. But aside from the characters that are only notable for how bland they are, it really just has nothing to offer. The music is mediocre. The staging of the musical numbers is merely passable. It seems to think that it's telling a story that hasn't been told thousands of times before, or at least putting a fresh spin on it. Aaron. Yes. Is this High School Musical? It could be. Do we want to guess that? Was that that well-received by critics? I doubt it. But I'm going off of David's Fault in Your Stars rules. (laughs) Because he had Bugs Life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, are we going to guess High School Musical? Go for it. High School Musical. Ding, 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 ding! I win! I win! <laughs> See, I told you. I, I know, I I know told the review that gave it. What one? It's the one that goes, I've never seen this movie, but it looks bad. <laughs> that one, yeah, but that one. Here, here's, the, here's the the best review ever. Ready? Okay. Half star. Okay. By Terminator 8. Terminator 8. I actually puked after this movie. <laughs> okay. Wow. Terminator. TMI, man. Thank you. Dude. I know you'll be back, but geez, man. No, just calm down, man. It's, it's okay. Sorry, that was a bad Terminator joke, everyone. <laughs> Guys. Let me break it down for you. <laughs> One second. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Nothing. Nothing. Guys, thank you for listening to episode 53 of Reboot Already Underway. Now, last week, <clears throat> I decided, you know, I, I, I just ramble on these things. I really do. Um, but I declared that it was the sexy season of uh, Reboot Around Your Way, and I'm yeah, sorry about that. Keep, keep bringing it up. Go so, I say... Let it let's, be sexy. Let's just commit to it. If you want to find us around the internet, you can find David at... Uh, your sexy voice? <laughs> you can find David at... Uh, okay. DBEX15... On reboot or on reboot, I don't know my words anymore. <laughs> if you want to find David around the internet, you can find him at dbex15 on Twitter. You can find Aaron at Little Flame Dude on Twitter.com. Liberal Flame Dude. I said li- 
<laughs> I said little, but yeah, I guess I kind of I can't speak today. Little flame dude on Twitter.com. He's really digging in on that liberal flame dude. I don't know. I, I like that. All right, and uh, you can find his blog at this clever blog name is already taken at reboot already. Why am I saying this? You can find his blog at this clever blog name's already taken at tumblr.com. If you want to find me around the internet, you can find me at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. Jake Lace on Tumblr. I posted a really sexy review of James Bond's Spectre. My God, it's so good. <laughs> We're not keeping this up all season. I hope and you uh, Aaron, you know what? You're gonna be you're gonna be quiet. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna boost genuine. Don't don't test me. <laughs> and of course, if you want to find the podcast, you could find us at Twitter. Reboot already underway. And of course, you can find us at Twitter at reboot already on you. Um, and of course, all right, genuine, you're too loud. Calm down, man. All right, <laughs> and uh, of course, on you, Facebook. On Facebook, I can't think with music going. <laughs> on you Facebook like at reboot Facebook already underway. Updates and news, and check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. And guys, until next time, don't guys. No wait, iTunes. Don't forget to like and subscribe. It really means a lot to us. We yes. really appreciate it. Like, subscribe, leave a comment. Because we do, we do this for you. We do. And of course, so please go on iTunes. Show us some love. Leave us a five-star review. And, and you know what? Just the five stars. Because you don't, you don't have to I'm leave a, a review. He's a five-star man. He is a five-star Aaron's man. a five-star man. Now, you don't have to write a review. No one reads those. But if you do write a review, write a paragraph for each of us, describing how sexy, based on our voices, you think we are. This is Reboot Already Underway, season two, the sexy season. And we're digging in. Genuine, thank you for showing up. You know, he was on Parks and Rec and he's finally decided to join us here. So thank you. Um, guys, I'm sorry. This bit will end next week, I promise. <laughs> goodbye. Guys, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>